Good morning, El. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. I'm your host and you're my co-host today. Um, I'm very grateful uh, for you being on this podcast. And uh, the topic that we are going to discuss today is about criticism. And um, before we go on to the topic, I would definitely would want you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, and uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you so much. Um, a little bit about my background. I am from Australia. Um, I started recently studying about, or not so recently, I guess uh, about eight months ago, I started studying life coaching. Um, I started in Australia and then moved into the Jay Shetty course. And it's just been an eye opener. It's been an amazing experience. It has, it, it's just a transition throughout life, really. And yeah, that's that's about it. I've I was I ran my own company before that. Um, I did um, security for television and film, and now I'm studying so I can help other people and yeah, move forward with their life, reach their goals, and whatever that may be. That's so interesting. And and as is, I think I mentioned to you just before the podcast that I'm a certified coach today. I feel great about it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the journey, I think the journey with Jay Shetty School has really um, transformed me as well as a person. I have learned and grown as a person. And I met beautiful people like you, um, you know, uh, on this journey. Um, so uh, the topic, uh, the the reason why I thought of criticism as a topic that we would discuss today is because I think this is something that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, most of us are um, critics in some form or the other. And uh, we assume or we think whatever we do are the standards and the way of life. But um, Talk to me more about what do you think and how do you feel about it? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I think we've all got that inner critic inside of us regardless. Yeah. Um, and that can play a lot of um, different personalities that can affect us. It, yeah. it comes out within us. And I'm actually ADHD um, diagnosed and being ADHD, I do find that criticism um, really affects ADHD people, neurodiverse people, mm. and we do have a, a um, it's not a medical diagnosis, but it is a problem that is recognised within ADHD um, called RSD, which is mm. rejection sensitivity dysphoria. So criticism can actually make our symptoms worse. Mm -hmm. And if it's not done in a, in, I guess, rather than putting the word criticism out there and criticizing and even um, using the term that construction, constructive criticism, mm -hmm. I actually prefer feedback. I prefer yeah. that word. I, I think it's a gentler word and mm -hmm. it's not, it's not about being hard and ruthless right. towards a person. I just think it's a, it's a nicer way to help somebody without being derogative to a person. Right. 
I think, you know, empathy plays a big part. And I think the, the feedback has that the element of empathy in it is what I feel. And when that empathy is not there, it comes out, out very harsh on the other person who's receiving the criticism, right? Or the, or the feedback. Um, I mean, I can't imagine what, what, how a neurodivergent person would, would feel because I'm not in that shoes. But, you know, to hear it from you that they're oversensitive to criticism, it, it's an awareness that I think everybody, every human should have out there that each person goes through a different phases of life and each person is different in their own way, right? Absolutely, yeah. And how you give feedback to one person, it can be the same. It's not one size fits all. Each person takes it in a different way. Um, tell me more um, about how would you think it would help any ADHD person or person who's going through ADHD um, to take this feedback uh, how how do you expect the you know the listeners to be more caring when they are giving yeah. feedback to you know yeah look at the end of the day there's a lot of people that won't say that they're ADHD right. it is becoming more and more common yeah. and I think it's not about so much being ADHD it's about being a little bit more gentler with words. Mm. And it, it shouldn't matter if a person is ADHD or autistic or any neurodivergency. It right. should matter in how you deliver the words. So I think it goes back on the person mm -hmm. delivering it rather than how a person should have to take it. Um, mm. I think it's all in the method of delivery. Uh, mm. I, I've found over the in the past that if the if the delivery isn't worded correctly, then it, it can have devastating impacts. And we mm -hmm. hold on to that for, it, it can be days. And it, it can cause a, it can cause a meltdown in us where we go into what you call a ADHD paralysis. And mm -hmm. we can't move. We want to move, but we can't move. Our brain is telling us to get up, get going. Why are you worrying about this? But unfortunately, it cripples us. And when that happens, it can take days to come out of this. So I think regardless of whether a person is neurodivergent or neurotypical, it should be delivered in such a way that it, it shouldn't matter if a person is diverse or not. It should yeah. matter in how you deliver the criticism. So if you're going to deliver with a sense of um, harshness about it, uh, if you're going to have words that are putting the other person down, mm. rather than about the topic, mm. then of course you're going to have a reaction. And it, as I said, it doesn't matter if you're neurodiverse or neurotypical, it will still have a reaction of mm. a person if you're actually putting them down as a person, rather than looking at the issue itself and addressing the issue. Oh my God, you bring, out, you bring up such a 
great point, you know. Um, this reminds me that we have to be so mindful when we when we speak, right? Every word which is coming out of our mouth has an impact on somebody else. And what we put out there from day, from the time we wake up to the time we sleep, we have to be so mindful about how we use the words and also be mindful about, are they uplifting or is it putting somebody down? Am I hurting somebody or am I, um, you know, am I uplifting them? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, this is a reflection even for myself when I'm very harsh to my children, you know, as a mom, I, I have to be certain times because um, my daughter, she, she eats and she leaves the plates wherever she, she wants. And I've been telling her, but to, to do that, she still doesn't get into the habit of, you know, taking her plate, cleaning it up, putting it in the sink. So today I made her pick up all the little things that she left everywhere from the house and I made her wash them. And it took her a long time to wash because they're all dried. And and in her, when I was making her do that, she was so mad that, that I am mean. Most kids are. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, in my heart, I felt that maybe I should not be so stern with her. But at the same time, I did not know how to make her get to this habit. And I have to use strong words that, you know, if you're if you continue to do this, I'm not going to give you lunch or I'm not going to do this for you. (laughs) But um, sometimes when I get into the mom role, it becomes very hard to be kind and be empathetic, you know, Um, Absolutely. And I think a lot of that is, um, I think it's passed down from generation mm. and we we do pass it on. We also get frustrated. And sometimes I I think that we do ask multiple times and Mm. when it doesn't, the the, um, message doesn't relay properly, Mm. then unfortunately it can turn into an argument or being put down or, you know, you're, you're trying what you've just said. You're trying to teach your daughter how to, how to put a bowl on the sink. Yeah, yeah. And I think situations like that, there's, there's definitely um, consequences that follow. Yeah. But it, at the end of the day, are those consequences re- requiring mm. to be critical? Like you can you can deliver a consequence without the criticism, and I I think um, and I hope you don't mind me giving you a little bit of advice on that. Yes, maybe I, I yeah. need it. Yeah, yeah. So instead of um, just turning around to your daughter and um, like what you did was fantastic, having her pick up all the all the dishes and. Mm-hmm teaching her that, okay, you could have picked up one instead of having to pick up all Mm. and actually teaching that lesson and explaining the lesson, I think is having that feedback, not just you need to do this and Mm. you need to pick up your bowl and if you don't, here's the consequence, so you're going to pick up all bowls. Mm. But the lesson in that is you could have saved yourself so much time Mm. just by picking up one bowl and Mm. putting it over there 
But unfortunately, because you didn't want to, you didn't feel like it, the consequences are this. You pick up all bowls or you pick up everything and clean the table. So mm. I think it again, it's still in the delivery mm. of how you how you put it across to the other person, no matter what age they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my 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 mom's sister, she always used to tell me one thing. You know, you can win more by kindness than being mean. Um, you know, it resonates with me sometimes when I'm very harsh, uh, when I have to be very strict with my children and because I'm telling them repeatedly and they're not following through. So I have developed a, a quality in instead of being, uh, you know, as you said, harsh and rude. Now I approach it with little empathy. Why, why is it making, why is it so hard for you? to to yeah. follow one chore every single day i'm trying to understand them you know um i think when i started understanding them i think there are less arguments yeah. and there's less avoidance you know of the situation and uh, there's there's more uh, communication and understanding yeah absolutely and i think that that it's not a gentle, gentle approach. It's mm. still a, it's coming from a place of love. Right. And I think as long as we can show that it does come from a place of love and it's not malice and it is caring, then the message does go across a, a lot easier and a lot smoother. And yeah. by asking the simple question is like, what is holding you back? What what are you doing mm. or what what's affecting you or could affect you to put that over there? Mm. Let's address the, the barrier between the plate on the table and the plate on the sink. Right. And and start looking at it a little bit differently to the way we've always looked at it is get your bowl and put it on the sink. Right. And if you yeah. don't, you're in trouble. And yeah. I think that's where the generational hand down yeah. starts happening if we keep going yeah yeah and and that is the tone that is the voice that is those are the principles that we have followed which has come from generations as you said and which we have seen in our growing up in our families and we try to you know um use the same methods um or the formulas that we learned and yeah. we try to implement on our kids yeah definitely you know from from the time when my mom's sister has told me because she she used to tell me she doesn't even have children but she used to always tell me you know use kindness over over being you know so so rigid about your ways um, and each one, I think, does it differently. And each one has their own way of approach. It might not resonate with us, but it is their approach. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's the, the key thing is like I, I remember when I was young and it was, what are you crying for? Mm. Keep going. I will give you something to cry about. And that was like passed through generations. Mm. Now, that that isn't assisting the person mm. by a threat. 
And it's it's like criticism. It doesn't assist the person. All it does is make that person withdraw and too afraid to actually come to you and say, hey, this is what's affecting me. Can you help me? Instead, they withdraw and they don't want to be in that position where it could actually affect them even more. And are you still getting the same result by being being kinder, being more gentle or being harsh? Mm. Which result actually do you get best from them, from your children, from anybody? You get a better result by being nicer. And don't get me wrong, sometimes it can backfire. Being nice can backfire. However, it's also you teach yourself who to be that little bit more kinder towards because those ones that do backfire are generally the ones that have had a, a, they've got something else going on in their lives. Mm. So sometimes you've got to think about that too, is what's going on in that other person's life and are my words that I'm about to say going to, you you could be the one thing that tips them over the edge by being critical. You don't mm. know what's going on in someone's life. You yeah. don't know what goes on in their head. Yeah. And it could be the one thing that actually tips them over the edge. So sometimes it actually pays to sit back, think about your words, and then speak up. Wow. Wow. This is such a reflection for me as well, you know. Um, and uh, one thing that I did think about was what would what would your suggestion be to to everybody out there um, when it comes to criticizing somebody or being judgmental about something? um, What do you think would be the right approach when speaking to someone? How can we, you know, you you cannot stop this, right? This criticism? No, no, you can't stop it. And you see it all day every day on social media, uh, all the different platforms, not just one or two, all different platforms. And my words actually would be walk away, think about it, and if you still feel that way after a few hours, then go and reapproach it. But I pretty much guarantee you're not going to feel that way. Mm. So you've given yourself time to process it what you're about to say, how you're about to say it. And, you know, I I don't know about you, but I do it often where I will sit back and think, well, if I had have just said this or if I had have said that, how would have had all worked out? Would it have been different? I'm no different to anybody else. I have my regrets. I uh, And I've lost people from the way I've actually put things across to them. Mm. And... Unfortunately, people leave your life if it's not relayed properly. Mm. And it it can hurt even more by losing people out of your life because of something that you've said that could have been changed just because you've walked away and you've rethought it and you go back with a different different, um, perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. But... uh as as uh, as we spoke um, earlier i mean it comes through how we grew up 
and how we developed in the way of this journey of life, right? Some people might not even reflect on, on their behaviors and they, they think that is the way of being and that is the right way. Um, but some people, as, as you said, you know, you reflect back, you think, you know, whether these words are uplifting somebody and what would happen if I react this way? And do I want to react or do I want to respond? Right. Um, but, you know, th there are times when even um, I'm very straightforward, but I don't mean any harm to others, but I'm very straightforward. But because I had to learn my boundaries in a hard way yes. um, before I was too kind and too giving, it didn't it backfired on me. But now when it is coming to my boundaries, I'm, I'm trying to be straightforward. But at the same time, I'm also trying to be very mindful about how I want to convey my message to the other person. If I want to say no, I can still be kind and say no. Absolutely. Yes. I absolutely 100% agree with that. I think the best thing that was ever taught to me was, oh gosh, a long time ago, many, many years ago, and I was doing a course um, and I wanted to join the police force at the time. So I was, I was doing a course for it. And the, the lecturer stood up there and he said, you will learn to listen to your words the day you got knocked down, get knocked down. Now, mm. I always thought that that was you know, if you say the wrong thing, somebody's going to punch you and you're going to get knocked down, but it's not. Getting mm. knocked down is so many, takes so many different forms. Getting knocked down could be getting turned down by people wanting to be around you. Mm. Um, getting knocked down could be as simple as um, a, a no, because you've gone for the job interview and you've said something that doesn't like relay to the, the person doing the interview. Right. There's plenty of ways that you can be knocked down without physically being knocked down. And when I realised that, that's the day I started listening to my own words and listening to my tone. When you can hear yourself mm. and really hear your own voice, you will start practising how you speak to people and how you'd like to be spoken to. Right. But, but don't you think, I mean, when, when someone feels so um, uh, full of themselves and they put others down, I, I'm not sure if it gives them a good feeling in their heart. I think as a person who's, who's being the mean, mean side also, would have some consciousness inside them. I'm not, I, I'm not sure it's going to be uplifting for them, right? No, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think that, um, look, there, there are certain people that are always going to be mean. They're, they're just mm -hmm. going to be mean. And at the end of the day, it, it makes them feel powerful, mm -hmm. but only you can give that power away to them right. by letting it affect you. So we do have to be accountable for how we react. Mm -hmm. So if we are going to get criticised or get that that. Um, negative feedback or the um, 
the criticism that we don't want to hear, mm. then we also have to be accountable. We can't just always blame the other person either. We mm. have to be accountable for our emotions, how we react. And once we learn that our reaction can either make or break us, really, if mm. we want, if we let, if we react in such a way that it encourages them to be more critical, Mm. then at the end of the day, that's on us too. Yeah. Because we have given them our power. You, you might as well just hand your power to them. However, if you take that criticism and you just go, okay, they've said that and you can either walk away or you can stay in that position, mm. then that's your power if you walk away. Mm. And that's where I think we become, start becoming self-aware of what we're capable of. We can't expect people to do what we want them to do yeah. um, when it comes to people being nice to others. That's not our job either. It mm -hmm. is our job to be self-aware and to realise within ourselves what's mm. hurting us, what's not hurting us, and if it hurts us, then it's our job to keep our power yeah. and walk away from those situations. That's on us. Yeah. rather than putting it on the other person all the time. Yeah. I, I, I mean, emotional intelligence, I mean, over and over again, you know, in, in every topic of my podcast, this comes because that is where you, you learn to balance yourself. As you said, if you, if you don't know to balance yourself, no matter the kindest person might also hurt you, right? It yeah. is the way that you think, you take the words that, other people are throwing at you and yeah. it is how you balance yourself with what you absorb from from others right um and and also we learned uh, in the in the jshati um, school that the energy we are all connected through this energy right yeah. and how we want to um present ourselves when we are with others it's such an important concept I think a lot of people miss it because they're physically present but you know you can you can read their mind with their body language what's going on how they are looking at you and what how they are judging you or how you know um, what criticism might come out of them so you really know the energy which comes out of people so what do you think about that um, as a neurodivergent, I, I have to, I actually have to disagree a little bit on that one because okay. a lot of neurodivergent people can't read the room, can't mm. read other people. And mm. it does make it a lot more difficult because we, even if we think somebody's in a, in a fine mood, not an aggressive mood, then it, it comes as quite a shock when it does turn back on you and mm. that that's when the shock factor does happen that's when the rsd does happen because mm. you can't read that room fully so mm. it it it's not always um i i don't think it's always possible for neurodivergence to read a room or read mm. a person however we can all speak and ask are you okay like sometimes we have to ask the question and or we sit back and we will observe and 
usually go within ourselves and wait for the the time until we actually know for sure that this is a safe environment for us to speak up. Mm. And once that happens, then that's fine. But it's not always possible, unfortunately, for neurodivergent people to read a room. And again, I think that's where um, a little bit of both ways come into play, where the other person has to be mindful of that too. Mm. So I, I do think that Again, it is up to us to have our own power. Mm. And if we don't read the room properly, uh, then, you know, walk away. Mm. Walk away. It's that simple. Walk away from it. So mm. I, I do feel as though there's ever since the day of um, the internet, mobile phones and all of that coming into play, that has created a lot more criticism, a lot more mm. bullying, that type of stuff. Like, I don't know about yourself, but when there was a school fight, we would leave the schoolyard and we'd go home and no more would be said because you wouldn't see see the person until the next day. And now all of that comes into the home. Mm. And it's a consistent thing, the criticism for the, the millennials and Gen Z it's consistent, whereas mm. we never had that and we didn't have that problem. We left it at the gate and walking away was a lot more simpler back then, I guess, but mm. probably not so much now unless they turn off their devices. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, and and that's when they fall into this vicious cycle of, you know, going on and on on, on about it and it really impacts their mental health because yeah. criticism is such a such a harsh thing on on even children as you as you brought up and that that's why when uh, my my children my daughter and her group of friends um, play together outside the house i always tell my daughter one thing no matter what no matter what be kind yeah yeah even if your friends are bullying you, they are judging you, they're not nice to you, you still can be kind. And if you don't like the company, you can come back home and, you know, we both can play or we both can read something, but never be unkind to anybody. And that me teaching her is, is spreading between all of them. They yeah. know that they have to be kind to each other. They know that they live in the same community. So they, they see each other and they have to play with each other. And kindness is the only way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as you said, you know, these gadgets are really uh, having a very bad impact. I mean, social media is good in a way. It gives us exposure to a lot of things. At the same time, how we use it mm. really affects yeah. us. Yeah, and I've I've watched it with my own children growing up and the effect it has had on my children where they they may be having that disagreement and they're being criticized by the kids at school and they come home and home should be a safe place. Yeah. But it's not. It's still going on within the home. And as you said, the mental health impacts that that does have 
when the criticism is relentless, mm. then it it plays a massive part in the social media and the access to people. Mm. Plays a massive part on mental health now. And I guess that's where, you know, we, we do need to teach our kids and that you need some time out, turn off the phone. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's becoming quite the addiction, the phone. So yeah. it's um, it, it makes it harder, but there's got to be, there's new ways of teaching our kids. And yeah. that's put the phone down, block them, um, disengage from them. Mm. Whatever it takes, then then do it. Like you know, sometimes if the the method we used was leave school, go home, get away from it. Mm. The method I think the the kids and the young adults of today have to learn is they use blocking methods. They use um, different um, profiles for different things, mm. and turn the phone off or put the phone away, do some time out with the phone rather than with the child, do some time out with the phone so they've got some some inner peace again. And mm. because awareness is going to be the key of everything that we do, everybody is becoming more and more aware and a lot of people are becoming more and more sensitive to criticism and to the way it's delivered. And I do see it a lot online where a person may be criticised for the way they look, the way mm. they talk, the mm. way they might act or anything. There, there's so many ways that a person can be criticised, but people do come to the rescue. They do jump in there. But, again, should we be getting saved by other people or should we be saving ourselves and putting it away? And just remembering that these these trolls, these people who are criticizing us online, they don't know us. Yeah. They do not know us. And I do teach people that, that if they're feeling that way, does that person know you personally? Mm. Because if they don't, you can't take that personally because they don't know you. They know nothing about you. So I think there's a lesson for all of us at the end of the day is to do it, whatever we decide to do with the criticism, how we decide to react, it still comes down to us having that power to, to either accept it or to walk away from it. If we're going to stand there and continue to take it, then it will break us eventually. And I do, I really do believe that it is within our power to walk away from it, to turn off the phone, to walk away from a person that may be being like that to you. And also be mindful not to not to distribute throughout a community, whether it be online, whether it to be in your local community, that type of criticism. And just be mindful of your words. It's so, I mean, you've given the words, um, such a powerful words this morning. I, I, I can't thank you enough for being here today. I mean, you not only talked about how it impacts people and how it impacts uh, neurodivergent uh, uh, people, 
and also you also given the the ways that you can cope up with or to handle this criticism right i mean you you you've said you said it so well that you always have a choice you always have a choice of how you want to react or how you want to respond to this criticism and um, you also brought up a very good point about the social media and how our children are getting impacted with um, with all this criticism and there are some kids out there who are so sensitive and as you said they they don't know this person but they take it very personally and it impacts them in in a, in a huge way so i think it's a message for everybody to be mindful if you don't like something you don't have to give your opinion about it on the social media yeah you know absolutely. you have to be mindful to... about what you comment what you say what you write out there and yeah. the hate that you put out there right yeah. um, do you and have anything you have else be... as a as a closing notes i just think you have to be mindful not only the what you put out there but what you're willing to accept and if you're not willing to accept the criticism walk away mm. it's turn your phone off turn your social media off walk away give yourself a break mm. because if you don't give yourself a break you will end up breaking and that's what we don't want you know one thing that i have learned to when i started putting myself out there on instagram or linkedin or any other places i don't read the comments because my my intention is to give my message how people take it it's up to them yeah but i don't want to be harshful or you know uh rude to anybody out there i will be mindful about what i put out there at the same time you know i i block myself i shield myself from all the negative things um which are coming my my way um and one thing that i it it was i was thinking when you're talking was it's not just children even when you see when i see in the carpool lane when i go to pick up my children i was walking through every car out there had people on their phone every person every single person and i think we are only walking with our heads down these days because oh, we are absolutely yeah we are so yeah. into the phone and we are not even thinking how where we are walking where we are going yeah yeah we're we're engrossed in it and i've made it a point each day now where i don't look at my phone when i wake up because if i look at my phone when i wake up and i might be scrolling through that phone if i see something that i don't like it's going to set my mood for the day yeah and it's a terrible feeling to get out of bed and to have that that mood yeah. and it does it does outflow onto other people unfortunately when that happens so instead i leave the phone i get out of bed i do what i need to do make my coffee have my coffee and after about half an hour to 45 minutes once i have woken up and set my own mood for the day by mm. taking in the day mm. then i'm happy to look at social media but i need to set my mood 
before I will look at that. Because if there is something there that I do take offense to, mm. I've already set the mood for the day. And it, it makes it a much better day if you can do that for yourself. Mm. Wow. I mean, <laughs> these days, everything is in the phone, the pictures, the alarm, you know, the music, uh, your email. It, it's like a mini computer that we are carrying it along everywhere, right? And yes. uh, it has become a part of our, like, like our hands, feet, and, you know, brain. Without yeah. that, we can't really carry on with our day. It is such an important yeah. gadget. At the same time, it is so important to set the time for it. Uh, absolutely. It has become an extension of our own bodies. Yeah, yeah. And it's really sad that it's gotten to that point because it was, if you can't put your phone down without somebody complaining that they can't contact you, there is something wrong with this world. Mm. We should be able to put our phone down and walk away from it and just, you know, forget it in the house for a day and not have to come back to a heap of emails, text messages and missed calls of people putting you down, criticising you because you didn't take your phone with you. <laughs> and, you know, that, that again, because it causes frustration for other people, mm. then it's going, to, it's going to overflow. But being mindful that, you know, we are so readily available now mm. that if we're not contactable, people also start to worry. Yeah. So it's, it's a catch-22 with the phones and with the way the message is delivered. If you leave it at home and you go out, then it's like you're ignoring them or something's yeah. happened. Where And the message is, believe it or not, the message is silent when yeah. that's happening because you're not answering it, you don't have your phone, mm. but it's a silent message that people are perceiving to be ignoring them or like you, you don't have time for them. And so they, they take that inward criticism mm. that there's something wrong with me. Mm. And instead of taking the time, that few minutes go, okay, well, they're obviously busy or they'll get back to me. They never fail to get back mm -hmm. to me and they'll come back to me when they're ready. Instead, we take that as a rejection. We take that inner criticism mm. and then we start to boil over. And again, it when it does come out, it comes out as some form of argument or um, criticism back to that other person. And it, it's just a back and forth type of, it's, it's like a, a game of table tennis. It's back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. So yeah. you to look yeah. after you, at the end of the day, we have to look after ourselves. And unfortunately, if people don't always like that, then they, they have to look at themselves too. Yeah. I think we're so used to that instant everything, instant messaging, instant everything, instant food. And um, as you said, I mean, I, I'm, I have got criticism like, like that, that you don't, you know, message um, as soon as I message. But there are things that I'm doing and I'm not always on my phone and I can't get to my phone sometimes. It, maybe it's with my son or my daughter is using it for their music. So um, I started 
educating others saying that hey if you don't hear from me i will get back to you when i can yeah yeah, yeah. and and as you said that inner criticism um that judgment and that yeah. assumptions start you know kicking in to the people and it also gets absolutely. out as aggression sometimes absolutely yeah. it, it overflows yeah. and like i put little screensavers on my own phone to remind myself it's okay if you can't contact somebody. And mm. I'll put different screensavers on just to be there in front of me. It's in front of my face. And if I go to contact someone, I can go, okay, remember first. It's mm. okay if they don't answer. That way I'm not taking that, that energy on board. Mm. I'm not criticizing myself because I can't get hold of them. I'm not having a preconceived idea that mm. they don't like me. I'm just going, okay, they could be busy. Right. And it just makes, it does make it a lot easier mm. to be able to have that reminder in front of me to, to know that it's not always about me. And yeah. I think that's the thing. We do take it on personally. We do take that inner criticism. We think that everything's about us and mm. we, we believe that, we've done something wrong. Mm. Why aren't they answering us? They've answered us every other time. And that inner criticism starts happening. And I, I just think we need to take a moment or have a reminder and reflect on that reminder before you make that call or send that text that they could be busy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you remember the old days when the TV, uh, even on the programs on the TV were scheduled time. Yeah. It was not available all the time. And that is yeah. such an important concept that we yeah. don't have it today. Netflix yeah. is always available, you know, programs are always available. So yeah. it, it's definitely causing that, that disruption of having a set time for everything. And yeah. that distracts the whole ecosystem of how we are going to live right yeah absolutely you don't absolutely. have discipline you don't have timing for anything you can no. eat whenever you want you can do whatever you want exactly I, I do remember those days I will yeah. just put it out there <laughs> I do remember it was about midnight that tv would just turn off the stations would yeah. shut down and turn mm -hmm. off yeah. and I, I don't know I, I believe you're in New York aren't you I'm in North Carolina right now, but I'm North Carolina. India. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like it goes to show that was all around the world. Mm. It happened everywhere. That time of night, shut mm. down, no more TV. And then it started to progress where rage would come on at mm. on a Friday, Saturday night. Mm. And that was the first overnight show, I believe. Don't quote yeah. me on that. But mm. I believe it was one of the first overnight shows. It was music videos. And then it just progressed from there. And you've got yeah. 24 everything. You've got shops that open yeah. until crazy hours. You've got everything at your fingertips. Yeah. And that in itself was a massive culture shock for me because I came from a small country town mm. and I moved to the city about, oh, I wouldn't like to say it, uh, about 20 years ago. Mm. So I was extremely shocked that on even on public holidays, you could still go to a shop, mm. whereas where I came from, 
everything, even to the to this day, wow. shuts down at midday on a Saturday. And you don't get anything after midday. So it's a real just having that convenience. And I think that's what life has become. It's yeah. become a convenience and being accessible to people, mm. being the the one person that we're not accessible enough to is ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. I'm loving this, this, this conversation with you. Absolutely. And one person that we are forgetting is ourselves. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Because we're putting everything else. And when I say everything, it usually is a device or a job mm -hmm. or something that at the end of the day is less important than we are. Yeah. We are the most important person in our own lives. Mm -hmm. So if we don't start looking after ourselves and realizing that the more the more we negativity or criticism um, that keeps coming our way mm. is happening and the the how much we're actually self-criticizing, mm. then unfortunately it, that is just going to snowball into another generation again. Yeah. And it's just going to continue to happen. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I've, I've said this many, many times to my friends who have got kids and that are growing up now, that the generation that are past myself, I'm a Gen X, so the millennials, the Gen Zs and that, the, the way it has all unfolded at the end of the day we need to take accountability yeah. for that we've created all of this yes. and we wanted to give them more than they ever had them more than went what mm. we ever had and all we've done is created a totally different style or, or different way of thinking for mm. them mm that now there's this barrier between us because we're not we're not communicating like we should be communicating yeah and sometimes it i i think that maybe we should have taken a bit of the the our parents and our mm. grandparents and brought it down and passed that on rather than just trying to create this new generation which we did we did all of this we are yeah. the ones that raised them there's yeah. nobody else that can sit back and say, oh, you know, that everybody blames millennials. They all blame no. Gen Z. They're not to blame. They're yeah. actually not to blame. We are because we kept giving and giving and giving because we never had that. Yeah. And they're only taking and reacting and producing what we have provided them. Yeah. And unfortunately, that when that type of criticism even is being outlined between the different generations, mm. it's still not, it's not fixing anything. No. It's just passing the buck, passing blame instead of turning it around and going, okay, what did I, what was my part in this? Yes. And what can I do now? Yeah. We can't change it, but we can certainly start understanding it and making it better. For everybody mm -hmm. yeah and we have come to a stage where kids cannot even if you advise them 
they cannot they take it as a judgment oh yeah they take yeah it absolutely as a yeah 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 and that that's there i know i know with my kids they've come to me for advice and as long as it's the advice that they want to hear yeah. then it's fine but if it's not then it's don't don't talk to them <laughs> like yes. they don't yes. want to know you if it's yes. not what they want to hear yes and they do they do take it as criticism and it's never meant for that it's meant to open open their eyes up and see a different perspective unfortunately again we've created all of this yes. and instead of sitting them down and from a young age and helping them understand that not everything is a a shot against them it's yeah. to open their eyes up to see a different perspective right but we've protected them from Way what we yeah from what we've had to deal with and yeah so that that sense of feeling criticized is now just overflowing yeah and we didn't want our kids to to feel what we felt so we over overprotected them and then when we do say something that is constructive or it is feedback it is taken immediately as criticism yeah and that's that's on us at the end yeah. of the day i truly believe that that is on us yeah they avoid the criticism which is coming from the home but when it comes from outside of the house it affects yeah. them very badly because they're yeah. not used to right as parents as you said we try to protect them we try to avoid such uh, conversations we just leave it but when it comes from the outside it impacts them so much that so many people are taking their lives yeah yeah oh absolutely it is a it, it's one of those things that is um i'm i'm going to get really really raw on here because i think this is what people need to hear this is yeah. what they need to understand mm -hmm. and a few years ago um uh, what was it about 2 2 years ago i mm -hmm. believe i did the same thing i tried to unalive myself mm -hmm. and it wasn't because of i wanted to i mm -hmm. i i don't want to mm -hmm. it was the fact that i couldn't handle the pressure mm. of the criticism and everything coming at me from every direction mm. and it was a sudden thing to do it was a silly thing on my behalf to do mm. and i woke up in the hospital and if it wasn't for my daughter who lived like a couple of thousand kilometers away from me mm. i would not have survived oh and the doctors had even told my daughter that so my daughter saved my life from 2000 kilometers away and it to me that is when you push a person to that point by mm. being criticized critical by being nasty mm. by not thinking about your words and you really need to take a damn good look at yourself yeah because that is when that that type of emotion and it doesn't have to be something that a person thinks about it is sudden it is such a sudden thing to do mm. and it's because there's no you cannot see a light at the end of the tunnel so sometimes we have to 
we have to be that light for other people. Yeah. We have to be that lighthouse or that beacon and we have to be the light for the other people so yeah. they understand that, you know, they are valued yeah. and we we do care. So, yeah, I think, um, I think that it is a major thing that does happen because of a lot of it is because of the outside criticism that people are feeling and the the pressure that they're feeling because if they don't perform a certain way, if they don't behave a certain way, then all of a sudden they're being looked at, they're being spoken to differently, they're having their their whole their, it feels like your whole being your whole self is on show mm. for other people to mm. to put you down for mm. and that's not that's not the way we should have to live our lives yeah yeah and uh, and i think i hope everybody who listens to this are mindful about how how bad it is you know yeah. in how bad way you affect others or impact others when you're criticizing and i Absolutely. hope you learn that being mindful about the words being mindful about your behaviors is such an important thing in this society and with the social media because we are impacting lives yeah yeah, we are taking absolutely. lives with our words. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Lives are being lost every day for the way people are being spoken yeah. to. Yeah. And that's that's not fair. You're you're moving on, you're doing your own thing. And that the the loved ones around that person are I'm suffering. Really, yeah. And it's not it's not fair on anybody. It's yeah. not fair on the person that has felt that much pressure that they cannot see a light. It's not fair on the family and the friends that love that person. It's not fair on the community that there's one less person that could have given back at that little bit more yeah. to be pushed to that point. Yeah. And the more people start realising how hurtful and, like, I remember the the saying was sticks and stones may break my bones mm. but names will never hurt me do you mm. know what i would actually prefer somebody to throw sticks and stones at me then than to be criticized mm -hmm. than to be put down and put down and put down until mm. the point that you break because it would hurt less with sticks and stones wow wow I'm really thankful for you, El, um, to be on this show. And the whole purpose of my podcast, Know the One You Live With, is to understand yourself, understand your behaviors, understand what you're putting out there, your words, your energy, your, you know, your kindness, um, and how it impacts you as a person as well as others around you. Um, I'm so thankful for you being on this um, show with me and uh, I'm thankful for this conversation because I have learned a lot from you today. Um, as a closing notes, if you have something to say, go for it. I just want to say thank you for having me on here. And mm. yeah, it was a, it's been a great experience, great conversation and very raw. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah.